Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you here on Monday evening. Grammy road trip is over, and boy, normally you want these road trips to end, but the Clippers finish with a bang, beating the Hawks 149 to 144, a six in one road trip. Matt Matawarren and I said we'll take five and two, that would be fantastic, and they go six and one. I'm your host, Brandon Marcus, joined by my co host, Matt Matawarren, back with me on the Ethos Clippers podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend? Sports ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? They said it couldn't be done. They said we couldn't go six and one. Well, guess what? He's back from Hawaii. I'm back from San Diego. We're here in the pouring rain, and guess what? We wouldn't have it any other way because the Clippers went crazy on this Grammy road trip, and we are thrilled. The Clippers made it rain, man. They were dialed in from downtown. 21 of 35, 60%. From three-point range, the most threes the Clippers have hit this season, shoot 58% from the field. Despite allowing the Hawks to shoot 54%, they escape Atlanta with a win, and perhaps James Harden will make it rain a little bit later tonight in the ATL, depending on if the Clippers hang around for a little bit. And boy, does he deserve it, because he had a tremendous ball game, a 30-piece for James Harden, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 6 triples, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Kawhi Leonard continues his MVP performance, 36 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 5 threes. The two combined to go 15 of 15 from the line. The two combined to shoot 20 of 34 from the field. It was a damn good win, and I gotta tell you, Matt, this road trip, we had... Some high expectations, I would say, with the teams that were in store for the Clippers. You look at Boston, the second game of a back-to-back. You look at Miami last night. You look at Atlanta today on the second game of a back-to-back again. And you look at some of the other opponents that could have been easy, like, you know, look past some type of teams with Detroit and Washington. Obviously, the Clippers did lose that one game to Cleveland. But apart from that, man, flawless, absolutely flawless from Los Angeles Clippers the offense was tremendous. They played a couple of close games, but man, they came out with a win whenever they needed it. And they played great fourth quarters and they held on. And even when the other team made comebacks, you look at yesterday with Miami, you look at today with Atlanta, they held on and they continue to show why this team certainly needs to be looked at as a title favorite because of how they continue to win games, whether it's in blowout fashion, whether it's in close fashion, whether it's with a three ball going, whether it's with Kawhi Leonard in the mid-range, whether it's with Zoo or Plumlee or Tice contributing off the bench, Westbrook, Norm, it's it's unbelievable, man. This team showed during this road trip that this team absolutely needs to be considered one of the title favorites, if not the title favorite in the NBA. Brandon, watching this team during this road trip, I have a theory, and and stick with me on this because it's a little out there. I don't know that you'll agree, but my theory is 
and get this, winning is fun. And I think watching these guys win these games, I think they like it. I think it's a little addictive. And I think, you know, yes, of course, they're going to take this regular season seriously. They're professionals. They're going to come out here and play. But winning these games, oh, yeah, they're enjoying it. And so are we. And I I really do think that winning all of these games actually just snowballs into it's it's more fun to win than lose. I think that's my theory. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, baby. Yeah, for sure, man. It's it's a couple of things here. Number one, the fans obviously are more invigorated um, for games when you're winning and they've got a good product and they have high expectations. But most importantly, man, it, it keeps the locker room together. If you're winning ball games, there's no reason to fight in the locker room. There's no reason to point fingers. There's no reason for a guy like P.J. Tucker to get upset and start to cause a stir. There's no reason for Russell Westbrook and James Harden to point fingers at each other. Like, that's not happening. This team is all in, and they are together. And the road trip was a bonding experience being gone for this long, and this team continues to look like they absolutely love playing together. And you win ball games, and that makes it a lot easier to love playing together. I mean, it really is that simple. When you're winning, it's great. When you're losing... Then all of a sudden you can see some fractures in the locker room and you look at even in baseball, you start losing and you've got the manager being looked at. You've got players pointing fingers. The pitcher is pointing fingers at the bullpen. The bullpen is pointing fingers at the starting pitcher. You have the catcher pointing fingers at the pitcher. It's just not great. And here in the NBA, you need to be together and you need to be a cohesive locker room. I mean, you look at the Lob City Clippers. They did not enjoy playing together. I mean, they won games, but then they lost games to teams like the Warriors continuously. They got their ass kicked by the Warriors every time they played against them. I mean, KD and Steph just destroyed them. And this team is going up against good opponents like Boston and beating them. And if you beat good teams and you think you can come into the arena every single night and win, then all of a sudden that'll keep you together for much longer. And when everyone is together like this, and Kawhi and PG and Harden and Russ, they're all taking their turns when they need to and contributing in their role, then you don't have a a Lob City type situation where CP3 is pointing the finger at Blake or Blake is pointing the finger at CP3 and JJ Reddick's not happy he's not getting looks in the fourth quarter and DeAndre Jordan's not pleased that he's part of the offense. Like You don't have that. And so, yes, I'm right there with you. Winning is fun and it cures a lot. Yeah, such a good point because talent, yes, talent will win games and talent can take you really far. But playing as a team plus talent, then you really have something to build on. I mean, you even look back as far as like the Pistons beating the Lakers way back in the day. Like that wasn't the most talented team, but of course they were talented. They had a couple of perhaps future Hall of Famers on their team. I think if I had to pick one, I'd say Ben Wallace, but they beat the Lakers because the Lakers, while the talent was probably superior it just wasn't that the team play didn't really get there. And the, and the Clippers had had that back in the Lob City days where the talent was so sky high, but no, they weren't playing as a team. And this current iteration that we saw on this road trip and we've seen go just, I mean, an incredible record since the beginning of December. This is a team and this is why, and you're right, this is why we have to take them seriously as a title contender. Yeah, I mean, and you, you go 6-1, and one, you win this game, and all of a sudden, you end the road trip on a high. And I was talking earlier um, to our friends over um, at 213 Hoops, and I was chatting and 
discussing, um, I was with, I don't know who runs the account um, over with the podcast that Adam Oslin does um, with the Clips and Dip podcast that's with Chuck and Adam and Will. Um, but I was talking to them briefly and they said before the game, you know, like you win this game and you close out six and one and then you've got a big time game against the Pelicans. And I said, you know what, I'll take one of two wins here. You either win this game or you win the Pelicans game. And now you go, you finish the road trip. You got the win you wanted to get. And Wednesday is really a classic letdown game. I mean, how many times have we seen that this year? But the Clippers have gone and defied the expectations and they've won those types of games. I mean, Tyron Lewis saying post game right now that he's not happy about having to play Wednesday night after this long road trip. And according to Law Murray, it's the eighth different state or territory they've played in 13 days. Like, it is a lot of travel. And the Pelicans, I mean, are a team that has played the Clippers tough. I mean, you just won at their place recently, which certainly will give you a little bit of a boost, no doubt about that. But, I mean, the Pelicans right now are at home, so it's not like they have a massive like advantage being on the West Coast. So we'll see. Both teams are going to be traveling. The Clippers are going to be exhausted after a long trip. But you know what helps you not be exhausted? Winning basketball games. And so a really good um, win for the Clippers. And I got to tell you, man, we're it's they're in good shape. And Wednesday will certainly be a tough game. No doubt about that. But I think if the Clippers win that game, shows even more. Another little notch in their hat into being title contenders. Because if you go 6-1 and one on a road trip, Matt, and then you come back and win the game after the road trip against a tough Pelicans team, it just shows you that this team cannot be stopped. Which they're more than capable of doing. Of course, yeah, the Pelicans always give us problems. And going to all those states in such a small amount of time reminds me of working for a music magazine way back in the early 2000s. You and I can talk about that off the air. But when we when we got to each state, we would see maybe the greatest show in the world. But, but we've just traveled so far and we were tired, but we were a team and we wrote some really good articles. And I feel like this Clippers team is much like my Filter Music Magazine team where, yeah, they're going to have heavy legs. And we saw that tonight on the second night of a back-to-back in the second quarter and the second quarter and beyond, really. I mean, it it was kind of a struggle. They came out like gangbusters because I'm sure they got up and they're really excited to play, but they must have been tired. But much like us, these guys can rally, and they are, as we've said so many time and times and time and time again, they are finding ways to win because not only are they talented, but they now understand what they're understanding and they're learning what it takes to win together as this at this iteration of the team. And now Zoo is back. You know, he was he didn't play tonight. Obviously, it was a back to back, but they're getting their full complement of players. Uh, Westbrook. Coffee, Norm off the bench, Tice as well, but they, they they found something in Coffee, and and you guys did a great job talking about that in the last pod. The team is really coming together, and I do think that this game Wednesday against the Pelicans, it, it will be telling. You know, when when if we win, if the Clippers win this game, it'll be thrilling, and it'll just really be an, like you said, another notch in the hat. I don't I don't know that there's notches in hats. Notch in the belt. But it will be another. Yes. Um, a feather in the feather in the cap, feather in the cap, notch in the belt. There you go. We clean that one up. We are. Listen, it's been a long road trip for us too. I know. Uh, As Wayne Campbell would say, past the point, Mahalo. (laughs) But I do think that the Clippers have everything in them to win this game that 
seasons past, you and I would say, ah, you know, they're coming off this long Grammy road trip. Wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers just kind of laid down and and lost this one. I don't think they will. I think they will get up for this game, and I could com- totally see them winning and almost expect them to, to be honest with you. And to even build on that further, tonight would be a game that the previous Clippers would have lost. The last game of a road trip, second night of a back-to-back, no zoo. I mean, you have all the excuses in the world to lose this game. I mean, you really do. And all of a sudden, you win the game without zoo on the second night of a back-to-back, the seventh game of your seven-game Grammy road trip. I mean, you continue to win when you could easily make excuses, and the Clippers are not doing that. I mean, how many times... Did we say, think last year, hey, you could have won the game, but, hey, you know, Kawhi was out, PG was out. Like, we made excuses. We even did it earlier in the year when we said we can't really judge this team without Kawhi. And by the way, you really can't judge this team without Kawhi because you and I have said on this podcast that if Kawhi's not healthy, this team's not winning a title. And Kawhi is a top five NB- MVP candidate. And right now, I think he's probably top three um, with SGA and with Jokic. And he, I mean, he's been unbelievable. And they're not allowing any sort of excuses to get in the way. And Kawhi's playing back-to-backs. PG, despite the groin injury, is playing in back-to-backs. Zoo, obviously, is coming off that injury. Great to see him get back so soon. I tweeted that it was a little bit concerning that a calf injury was being rushed. But Ty did say he got he played in those get ready games and he seemed to be ready to go. And I like that they managed his minutes early on in that game yesterday and he didn't play today. There's no reason to rush him. The Clippers are playing well and Tice and Plumley got these minutes and it was big for them to do that when Zoo was hurt because now you have confidence in all three guys to play the role they need to offensively. And this team continues to step in when someone goes down. They continue to fill the boots of the person that left. And you continue to play winning basketball. And you really got to love that. And and like you said, when when Zoo was down, you and I said it it's, it's a terrible thing for him to get hurt. But it could sort of solidify roles and trust. And I think trust is the main word uh, with, with, with the players in Tice, Plumlee, and also Coffee. Because you have to rotate other players in when a starter is missing. So the trust that's been built during this time that Zoo was gone, and yes, I was concerned when he came back early too, but I believe with him sitting out the back-to-back, obviously he started, but they managed his minutes. I think they'll be smart about the way they deploy Zoo, and they can be smart about it because they have now established Plumley, who came back just at the right time when Zoo went down, Tice, who was an amazing pickup, and they have guys like Coffee coming in who, you know, if they ever choose to go small ball, uh, they can, but to have this rotation going and 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 running the way it is, and I I, I heard you guys talk a lot about uh, you know what's going to happen at the trade deadline. I I'm actually okay if nothing does. I know there's a lot of talk about stuff that will mm-hmm. or may, but the rotation that's going on right now, and you throw Zoo into the mix. I mean, you had what five, six, seven, eight, nine players play tonight, and if you add Zoo, that's ten. That's pretty good, and you 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 bring it to playoff time. You know that's that's a hefty playoff rotation, which somebody may even get cut out of. So, a lot of trust has been built with this unit, and with the uh, with the with the backup guys with Zoo gone. So it's it's just it's so cool moving forward. And and like we all we keep saying, if somebody doesn't perform, 
somebody else will can and will step up. Now we know that they will. We we have we we as fans have trust in that now too. Every single player that played today for the Clippers shot 50% or better. That I don't think that's happened all year. Every single player that played for the Clippers shot 50% or better. And to your point, I just don't know if bringing somebody in makes sense because what are you going to do in this small ball lineup the Clippers went to today? Let's talk. Actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about this because I think this deserves um, a good discussion because it's important. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so here's what we need to discuss, Matt. You look at today's small ball lineup, and this kind of will get us into our conversation um, about tonight's game. And the Clippers end up going small with the four Hall of Famers plus Amir Coffey. We've seen that before with Norm Powell. Tonight, it's Amir Coffey. He draws a tough defensive assignment on Trey Young. If you bring in somebody else and you have the guy, let's say P.J. Washington, um, just for example, doesn't mean it has to be him. He's probably going to be one of the guys that Ty Lue throws in this small ball lineup that they went to today. You're not playing him over the three guys, obviously, in Harden, P.G., and Kawhi. Are you playing him over Westbrook? Because I got to tell you, P.J. Washington is not playing the defense that Russell Westbrook played today. He got a couple of huge deflections, a big block. I mean, he got a couple of monster plays defensively that he played his role as a center perfectly. And he caused havoc on the offensive end as well with his speed. So I'm not playing P.J. Washington over Westbrook if Westbrook can contribute like this defensively. Are you playing him over Amir Coffey? I don't think so, man, because he's not the defender that Amir Coffey is. And when you are winning a game, I don't know if I trust P.J. Washington to be that guy to get the stop. I mean, who's going to end up defending some of these guys then? I mean, I, I, is it going to be Kawhi, P.G.? It could be. I think you use a guy like P.J. Washington when you need buckets late and you, you're down by six or seven points. And the Clippers went to that small ball lineup with 7.30 to go, and it was a close game. I mean, they're down by a bucket or two. And I don't know. I just don't know if it makes sense. I think this team is so tight. If the cost is low, if it's going to be a couple of second-round picks, P.J. Tucker, for example, uh, Brandon Boston Jr., Kobe Brown, and even Kobe Brown, by the way, was in this rotation at, at, at some point. He hasn't been recently, but he has been um, part of the team. And he's a guy that can be young that you can grow with. I just don't know if it makes sense to bring somebody in. I, I don't know. Uh, do you Would you want to bring in a guy like P.J. Washington if the cost was low, Matt? Or do you think this team is good as is? Yeah, I, I don't really want to bring somebody like a P.J. Washington, another pajamas guy. But I don't know that I really want to bring him in. Um, you know, I've heard some crazy stuff floated out. Uh, the Chris Boucher's of the world, uh, mm -hmm. somebody floated to me today. Um, and then, you know, there's, of course, there's the Kelly Olenek thing, which gets brought up a ton, but I'm trying to envision in my mind and, and we keep saying this word trust and that's what the Clippers are building over, over these past couple of months. And in a playoff scenario, I'm trying to see who is actually inserted into that really tight rotation 
And I don't see I don't see Pajamas Washington getting in there. I don't see Boucher getting in there. Yes, o, the idea of Olenek, I suppose, is is something that that the Clippers might want to think about. But even then, like I get it, he's a, he's a stretch big. But like you said, the the defense of Westbrook and Coffee in that second unit so far, or or at least as as of late, especially on this road trip, has just been gangbusters and. And why mess that up? So, you know, I know everybody wants to get off uh, the other pajamas, Tucker's contract. But look, it if you have something like if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's that's a cliche for a reason because it's it's kind of right. Like the, the it it's going down a great path right now for the Clippers, and I don't really see why the the snow globe needs to be shaken up pretty much at all unless it's for absolutely nothing and i don't even know that the clippers have absolutely nothing to give yeah and i just don't know where the minutes are going to go i mean look at tonight man and i say man and that makes me pivot to terrence man look at the minutes for the clippers look how many minutes terrence man got he played 21 minutes i mean that's a guy that you and i have been begging for the Clippers to play more minutes. And now with the emergence of Amir, emergence of Amir Coffey, who played 26, like you bring somebody else in, whose minutes are being taken? Because you looked at Tice being a DMP yesterday because of Zoo being back, and you've got a Powell, Coffey, Westbrook, Plumley bench. Like, is he taking Amir Coffey's minutes? Because guess what? Amir Coffey is deserved to be a part of this rotation. And you and I have talked about his willingness to shoot threes. His last four games, he has shot 50% or better from three. And he has shot 50% or better from the field. He has been really good. And he's getting blocks. He's getting steals. He's playing good defense. And he's getting his time. And he's showing why he is a big-time player. And I get it. You can bring somebody in that may be in the playoff rotation you could be a guy that you could throw him in when, let's say, for example, Norm Powell doesn't have it going. And kudos to Ty for going with Amir over Norm tonight because you know you knew you needed the defense, even though the Clippers didn't really get stops. Um, they got him when they needed to. And Amir is a willing shooter, just as Norm is. Norm's a little bit better, obviously, from three. But late in the game, most of the shots are probably going to PG, Kawhi, or Harden anyways. And it worked perfectly tonight to bench Powell and go with Amir Coffee. So you bring somebody in, I just don't know where the minutes are going. I, I just don't think right now, with the way the team is constructed, it makes sense to bring somebody in. That being said, the Clippers are one injury away from that being a little bit of a disaster. And you might want, let's say Powell gets hurt. You might want somebody else. And so you need to bring somebody in that's willing to get those DNPs and willing to sit behind a guy like Amir Coffee. And I just don't know if the Clippers are going to have that. And it's possible they make a move around the edges. Um, a guy like, for example, Luke Kennard, that the Clippers have had before. Uh, his type of player, a three-point shooter, um, someone that is willing to get those DMPs, but prefer it to obviously be a stretch four, um, stretch five. But the issue is, is that whose minutes is he taking? Is he taking Plumleys off the bench? Like, that's the issue. Where are the minutes coming from? You know what I mean? Absolutely, and I, I know we've kind of veered off of off of the talking about the game that just happened yeah. and and the road trip, but I think it's important that we and, and I, I do think a guy like Luke Kennard, who can also handle and can play make a little bit, is, is a great fit. But 
previously we talked about uh, recognizing the moment, right? And not getting too ahead of yourselves. And so this, it, it turns into a little bit of like a TikTok kind of swipe type of deal. Well, okay, well, this is good, but how can we get better? Let's next, 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 next. And I think that if we just sit back and look at the team as currently constructed, and yes, of course, it can always be improved and it, it should always, always strive to be better. But we shouldn't be so quick to be like, well, but who else can we bring in? What What's the missing piece? And maybe there isn't a missing piece. But you do bring up a good point about injury. Of course, there needs to be some contingency plans. And I I just think it's it's going to have to be, and I don't, I don't really see any other way besides giving up that last first-round draft pick and like a rotation player. I don't think it, how any, it can be anything but on the fringes, around the edges. So instead of just swiping through, you know, the the TikTok feed. I think we should look at this Clippers team and what they've done going six and one on this road trip. Six and one, Brandon. Yeah. That you and I, that was our lofty goal, right? Like, could you imagine we'll be happy with five and two? Ugh, four and three would suck, but you know, we, we'll get it because it's a long road trip. Six and one, man. Pretty crazy stuff. And I believe, by the way, they are now 15 and five in their last 20 road games, um, is a stat that I believe showed on Bally's. And so the past Clippers teams would lose on the road. I mean, they do okay on the at home, but they would lose on the road. They would lose at Boston. They would lose um, at Miami. They would lose at Atlanta. But the Clippers won games that they needed to win. And I think this conversation kind of goes hand in hand in what we saw tonight. So, yeah, we're not talking exact um, game, like in terms of each player. But I think what we're talking about is how the team looked during this road trip and tonight and a guy like, for example, Amir Coffey closing the game late and how we liked that and how you don't know if somebody should be brought in to take his minutes. And I wouldn't give away that first round pick. I think that's a very valuable piece. I think that's one thing you do not trade at all this trade deadline because two reasons. Number one, I think it's an incredibly valuable piece to use um, during the offseason. Number two, I think that if you use that pick, it needs to be on somebody that's going to be a difference maker. And I just don't think that team, the way it's constructed right now, can use a difference maker. And the reason why I say that is because how many times have we seen, I mentioned this in the pod with Justin, how many times have we seen already with Kawhi, I'm sorry, with Russ and with Harden, the Clippers take that time to adjust to a new player and they struggle initially. This team is rolling. There's absolutely no need to stop the train as it's continuing to roll through the station. There's no reason to stop it. It's powering through. It's looking great. There's no reason to throw up that stop sign. They're playing well. Why would you go and put a crack in the road to make them divert another direction when they're playing so well and they're going straight ahead? You know what I mean? So I just think that there's no reason to make a trade um, with that first-round pick because I think if you trade that first-round pick, it's going to have to be someone very valuable or else the front office is doing a complete injustice by trading that pick for nothing. So, yeah, I, I don't think you use that first-round pick at all during this deadline. No, 100%. Like, that that pick is so valuable. I mean, you said the train is rolling. Like, what are we going to do? Uh, you, you saw hell on wheels. The, the Swede sc- screwed everything up. What are we going to pick up Larry Marketing? I know he's finished. But still, you get my point is that picking up somebody who is going to be a heavy rotation player you're right it's going to take it's going to take some time to get them uh involved in 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 the offense and the defense and get them used to the it's just it's rolling right now 
and why why screw that up with something with somebody that is not on the edges on the fringe so the only type of players you would want to get and i agree with you is not something that would cost a first round pick but something that would if the clippers were to make a move just i don't want to say an insurance plan because that kind of belittles it but something that just kind of strengthens the depth and 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 the buoyancy of this team just in case somebody goes down yeah. By the way, we're having this conversation because the trade deadline's on Thursday, and so we're probably not going to have another podcast um, before the trade deadline. We'll have one afterwards. Um, so it's worth having this conversation because by the time we record, we'll see if the Clippers have made a trade around the edges or if they've made some big trade. And the Clippers usually do something when nobody's talking about it for the most part. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the Clippers obviously got Powell and Covington um, at the deadline um, before, and so we'll see if they do something like that again. But we'll see. It'll certainly be interesting. Um, a couple of words about the game that we saw um, tonight. Obviously, by the way, yesterday, winning in Miami is not easy. And for the Clippers to do that and to beat a really good um, Bull, Bulls uh, Heat team with Jimmy Butler, Terry Rozier, Bam, all three of those guys healthy, and to do it only giving up 95 points is really impressive. And the Clippers show that they certainly have the ability to play good defense. They didn't show it tonight, but I mean, last game of a road trip, second game of back-to-back, a team in Atlanta that likes to play quick, some dudes that'll shoot the hell out of the ball like Trey Young. I mean, you give up 144 points and you win a game and you give up 95 points the night before and you win a game. So really impressive that you were able to beat the um, Miami, giving up 42% 42% from the field last night, 26.5% from three. Just a good game overall for the Clippers. And then tonight, I mean, we mentioned it. Everyone shot over 50%. It was a great offensive game all around. Harden was incredible. Kawhi was incredible. PG hit a huge three when the Clippers needed it. Westbrook and Coffee were tremendous off the bench. The Clippers do not win this game tonight if it wasn't for Amir Coffee and his defense and his huge shots, he had a couple of big shots. Russell Westbrook played great as the small ball center. Two steals and a block. And he was aggressive getting to the hoop. Had a couple of layups. He was 6 of 10 from the field. He had one silly three late that I wouldn't have really liked to see him take any other time, especially in a playoff game. Um, that's not the shot I want with all those guys on the floor. But overall, just a really good win. Um, what, what, what stood out either from last night or tonight for you? Uh, a couple of things. Let's start with the 13 crew, and that's Westbrook, Coffee, and Powell. All scored 13 points tonight. My guys, I thought that all three were great, but specifically Westbrook and Coffee. And on, on the defensive end, yes, they all scored 13 points, but these guys were ding up. You mentioned, you already mentioned the uh, rebounding, but the the block that Westbrook had, Coffee ding up Dejounte Murray and or uh, Trey Young, who uh, whoever he needed it, and he, you kind of it kind of you get, it kind of gets lost on you how big Amir Coffee is, but when when he's going as, as a shooting guard, right, or as he's listed as yeah. when he's going up against these guys, he is he is just fits in hand in glove with the Clippers, with guys like T Man, with Paul George, just these huge long wings that are just so incredibly switchable. So those two, Westbrook and Coffee, caught my eye immediately, and of course Harden, we're back, we're back, right. 30 and 10, but 10 of 10 from the line. Thank yeah. you, Arden, for actually being efficient from the line because I know you've had your struggles earlier in the season. And what caught my eye in the in the two games, look, I love J.J. Redick, and 
he was a great clipper. He's a great broadcaster. The Chronicles of Reddick is just it, one of the best podcast names that you could possibly come up with. But saying that Kawhi Leonard isn't really in the MVP conversation because he's part of a big three, I think is such baloney because he just does what you need him to do each night. And we've been saying this in order to win. I mean, you look against the Heat, 25 and 11, 11 rebounds. And yes, the Clippers out-rebounded the Heat by three. So he got on the boards. He was efficient as always, but those 11 rebounds. And then tonight, you know, the rebounds were coming from other places. So he all he does is have 36 points, goes five of eight from downtown, is, is still crazy efficient. So Kawhi in these last two games, I'm just like, man, I don't I don't care that there's a quote unquote big three. This guy is a like you said, a top three, if not a top two with Shea MVP candidate. Yeah, I don't I don't see how it can be debated. I like I said, I love JJ. Forget a big three. This guy does what it needs to take, plays on back to backs. Hello, last night and tonight, 37 minutes tonight on the back half of a back to back to get the win, a narrow victory, by the way over the Hawks. Come on. Yeah. And by the way, um, with Kawhi, the one thing that's been really important is that he's been able to save his legs um, for defense in the fourth quarter when he's needed to go and defend one of the top players because team man and Amir coffee are being that guy earlier in the game. And you can see that not only has the offense been outstanding for Kawhi Leonard, but the defense has just been absolutely spectacular. I mean, you look in the last couple of ball games today, he had a steal and a block. Yesterday, two steals, two blocks. The game before that, he had a block. The game before that, four steals and a block. Game before that, two steals. Game before that, two steals, two blocks against Boston. Against Toronto, one steal, two blocks. Two steals and a block against the Lakers. I mean, he is doing it all. And you look at his numbers, and steals and blocks are both up from last year. And his turnovers are down. And so offensively and defensively, he's been able to really save his energy because of guys like Team Man and Coffee. So they don't get talked about a ton. But you mentioned Amir Coffee. And what's funny is we all think Amir Coffee is this long wing. And Law Murray was talking, I believe it was with Shat from the Law of the Jam. And Law was like, he's actually not that long. He's got one of the worst wingspans on the Clippers, like one of the shortest wingspans. It just seems like he's long because of the way he's constructed and because of the way he plays. He plays with a lot of energy and speed and hustle, and it makes you think that he is covering up a lot of space just because of his ability to stay with the guy that's in front of him and to play with a lot of energy and aggressiveness. And so it's funny because you may not, you may think that Coffee's like this six foot ten long dude. He's listed at six foot seven, and he's actually doesn't have that big of a wingspan. I think it's like seven two his wingspan. So actually might be shorter than that. Either way, it's it's impressive because it shows you that defense is a lot about effort. And in this case, Team Man and Amir Coffee are outstanding in the amount of effort they put in on the defensive end. And the same goes for Russell Westbrook. He is getting into passing lanes. He's not allowing easy passes to the hoop. There were a couple of times that, that the Hawks could have had some really easy shots at the rim, and Westbrook denied it today. I mean, so he's been really good in that small ball lineup, and the Clippers went to that small ball lineup, and credit to Ty Lue, he continues to pull the right strings. You and I have not liked the small ball in the past because you've had Zoo there. But without Zoo... It made sense in this ball game, and the Clippers went with it, and it succeeded because of Coffee and Westbrook. 
What what a testament! I I I'm so happy you you said that because yes, I I was under the assumption. I mean, you watch Coffee play, so he just plays beyond his size then because yeah. the effort, uh, just the the confidence that he that is building within him and just he just tries on every play. Yeah, you would think he's like a a, a guy the size of Paul George, and he, he plays like it. So that's that's really cool if you you'd say that. And I'm I'm glad Law brought that up, but that's that's really cool. So it just goes to show you how hard this guy is playing, and just how much he wants it, and what a key guy to have on your roster. And I'm so happy that Ty Lue has now entrusted him as a integral part of the rotation. Yeah, and I'm glad that Harden's been able to get on track offensively. I mean, for him to go 6 of 9 from 3 today means he was 1 of 5 on 2s, which is uncharacteristic for him, but he was outstanding. And by the way, team man, we're not really talking about him much. He had 9 points in 21 minutes. He was 4 of 4 from the field, including 1 of 1 from downtown. So shout out to team man as well. So the Clippers played overall some great basketball. I mean, the defense was putrid today. But you're on the last – here come the excuses, which I think are right, and they're fine to be brought up. You're playing against a team that's very good offensively, and it's the seventh game of the road trip, second game of back-to-back. And Deontay Murray shot the hell out of the basketball. Trey Young was really good. Jalen Johnson was terrible, and he's been really good this season. I mean, for him to get 9.7 rebounds and 5 assists and 3 of 14 from the field tells you a lot about how the Clippers played against him. And so Sadiq Bey shot out of his mind. He's a 30% three-point shooter. He was 3 of 6 today. DeAndre Hunter was 10 of 12 from the field. I mean, the Clippers saw some really good performances. I mean, hell, even Okongwu was 2 for 2 from downtown and 8 for 10 overall. So despite some great shooting performances on the other side, the Clippers got the win, and they continue to find a way to win win to win ball games. Whether a team a team is shooting poorly like they did in Miami last night, or they shoot really well like Atlanta did tonight, and they continue to find ways to win, which is important. And and that's the whole thing, right? Like even those games against Washington and Detroit, it it didn't always look like the Clippers were going to. Yeah win as 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 handily as they should or win at and win at all but it's all about no guineas like we were saying and the clippers do find a way to win and every time you learn it's a notch in the hat a feather in the belt whatever it is it's something that you learn from each time and every single one of these players be it a coffee be it a plumley even the big guys George, Leonard, Harden, it's something that you learn together and something that you can remember. Oh, remember that game against Atlanta when when we played small ball for just a bit and coffee did this and Russ did that? Maybe we can maybe we can implement that here. So it's all just a learning process that will benefit them greatly come playoff time. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you, by the way, on um, most likely Friday night if you're around that. Um, we'll see if we can make that work because I got a game Thursday night and uh, the Clippers play Wednesday night at seven o'clock at home. So there's no shot in hell that we're recording a podcast on Wednesday. So we'll try and get a podcast to you on Friday before that game on Saturday. If we don't, um, it means that probably the Clippers didn't do anything at the deadline and we'll get one to you on uh, Saturday uh, night or Sunday night before the Clippers have a couple of games before the all-star break next week. So four more games into the all-star break. Let's see if the Clippers can close strong because you've got some tricky ones in there. I mean, you face the Pistons in a 12-30 game on Saturday. So, I mean, those types of games really could get to the Clippers. And you've got a couple of days of rest at home, though, before that. You take on New Orleans and Detroit at home. 
um, this week, and then Minnesota to start the week at home on Monday, and it will be a huge game when you close out the first half um, at Golden State. So the Clippers very easily could go 3-1 and one, um, during these four games, but, man, if they can go 4-0, and oh, that would be absolutely spectacular. Uh, before we go, though, we have to read the new review we got, Matt. We've told people that if you leave a review, you rate the podcast, we'll certainly read that review on air. And so if you're able to, give us that five-star rating, drop a review. Uh, of course, you can always follow us on Twitter, at BD Marcus for myself, at Matt Mattawarren for my co-host, Matt. This review, Matt, comes from ZZ 69 of course. The title is Keith Kloss, The Man, The Myth, The Goat. And it says... This podcast has a great energy. This is actually the only podcast I listen to consistently. Shout out to you. Brand is smart and insightful. Thank you. And Matt adds a great, witty, comical voice while still giving smart Clippers commentary. The two together make a winning combination. They make it cool to be fans of the Clippers. Charles Smith, Stanley Roberts, Ken Norman, Ron Harper, Brent Berry, Elton Brand, Chris Kamen, Quint Richardson, and Darius Miles would be proud. In the voice of Ralph Lawler, Fasten your seatbelts. Bingo. So how about that, Matt? Woo, high praise and shout out to you, Sheezy69. And shout out to the Clippers basketball reference page. <laughs> Why do you say that? Oh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm, I'm cheesy. I, I, I'm sure you know all those people off the top of your head. Yeah, I, I'm. I didn't listen. I've never heard of Ken Norman or Stanley Roberts. Um, I'm also. I mean, oh, you, st- oh, Stanley, Stanley, Stanley Roberts. I remember specifically. I saw him play in person as this as a very, 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 very small child. He's a big boy, Stanley Roberts. Believe me. I, I would expect maybe an Eric Pietkowski in there, um, or R- Zelchko Robracha. Can we get a... Uh, uh, okay, yeah. You know, Michael Candy, you can throw in there, the candy <laughs> man. You, you you can throw in, um, I don't know, any of the random Wesley Johnson um, type players that the Clippers have had. J- funny that... Bobby Simmons? How about... Yeah, Bobby Simmons. There you go. How about none of the um, Lob City Clippers mentioned? How about, how about Jalen Brunson's dad, Rick Brunson? Oh, how about it? Well, listen. And, and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just screwing around. That was a... What a lovely review. Thank you Fantastic. so much. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you very much. You And you wanted to read one more thing before we go. I, I did. And I, I wanted to thank the Believe Network again for uh, for, for promoting our show and, and letting us broadcast. And one one cool thing they do uh, is um, they give us an audience insight. So speaking of the audience, and they give you the top 10 countries that have downloaded your podcast in the uh, – well, we've only been on them for a couple of months here or maybe a month or two. But I just want so United States is number one, but in the top ten is Hong Kong, Italy, the Philippines, Germany, New Zealand, Canada, the UK, China, and Australia. All downloads from all parts of the world. I just think that's really cool. Whoa! And does it say how many downloads from each of those places, or it just says those are just the top ten downloads? It just places? says those are the top ten. Um, but wow. but really cool that those are those countries are in the mix. Listen, the Ethos Clippers podcast going global. That's awesome. And it's really cool. And big thank you to everybody for listening. And Matt and I do this for fun. We think it's fun to chat Clippers. And Matt's been an outstanding addition to this podcast. We've talked about this several times. Um, it's, he's made my job a lot easier. I don't have to go hunting for a co-host. Um, every single podcast will do, we'll obviously mix in a guy like Shane Young or Justin Russo or Justin Wilson from time to time, but it's been great having Matt here. And we have certainly grown this podcast and to the point where we are one of, 
eight podcasts or so at Ethos Clippers that are on the Believe Podcast Network. So a shout out to Believe and a shout out to you, the listeners, for continuing to let us grow this podcast. And that type of information that you just provided, Matt, makes me want to keep going. And so it's awesome to hear something like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and just thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, yeah, Brandon and I have a blast doing this. Not not only has this enriched my life, enriched my fandom, I've made a new friend here in Brandon, uh, and everybody who listens and interacts uh, via X or Twitter or whatever the case may be is just, it's awesome. Let's keep it going and just adds to a, you know, a season, a season that's just been so great and just uplifting. So I'm really happy to be a part of this. And I got to thank you. I got to thank Dan, Sports Ethos, and everybody involved. No doubt. Now let's go get that win against the Pelicans. And we'll be back with another Clippers podcast either right after the trade deadline um, or after the game um, on Saturday. So until next time, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. Go Clips. Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.